Greetings, greetings. Welcome to another episode of Truth to Power. I'm your host, Tyrus McKnight. <laughs> and welcome to your Sunday morning word. I was debating doing a Sunday morning word because I think I just did an episode last night, if I'm not mistaken. But um, was it last night? But anyway, that's, that's beyond the fact. I want to talk about having compassion fatigue. That's the word I'm looking for. Compassion fatigue. This often happens when you get you just plain old getting get tired of having compassion for people as a whole. Like it's like you don't have no more to give. That just happens. Compassion fatigue sneaks up on you without a moment's notice. And people don't get, people may say that you're acting funny. And they don't get why you don't encourage them the same way. They may think that you're being distant. But no, you just have compassion fatigue because, you know, if you're in a profession with mental health or anything of that nature, you sometimes, you get burnt out. Especially especially if you work long hours. Especially if your job requires a lot from you mentally. And eventually, you're going to burn out. So you end up getting compassion fatigue. And that's okay. What's not okay, though, is that people continue to expect you to be the same. People don't never check up on your mental health. It's one thing to worry about your mental health and take your mental health into accountability and everything like that, but to take other people people's mental health and place it into your hands that's a hard job and that's going to continue to be a hard job unless you draw some boundaries or unless you give people boundaries now one boundary I have is and a lot of people know this I just won't pick up the phone on your ass okay I don't know how to I I don't know how to say that in a diplomatic way, but I just won't pick up the phone on your ass. And it's nothing personal. It's just the fact that sometimes people place so much burden on you to the point where it's like, I don't want none of that negative energy to rub off on me. And your right to feel this way. You have a right to feel this way. So don't think that your feelings are insignificant because the world doesn't agree with you and you're supposed to be this uh, quote-unquote polite person to the world while they're being, while they're placing all their burdens on you. You have enough to deal with, you know? For example... Imagine, if you will, 
you being a black man. Oh, you know what? Just a black person. Imagine dealing with white supremacy on a daily basis. And one of your outlets is, for instance, let's just say going to the gym, right? That's your outlet. That's basically like the only a long time that you have throughout the day. The rest of your day is spent working in the interest of other people. Let's just say that working out is your outlet to work out your problems, some of your problems, and things of that nature. Now, you could go to counseling and things of that nature, that nature as well, but basically, you get a satisfaction from working out. You look better, you feel good, it's your only alone time in the day. And you have a process in doing things, right? And let's just say that somebody disrupts this process, trying to engage you in a conversation that's not going to benefit you or them. That will make a person very angry. That will make a person pretty much not care. That'll make a person go, listen, you, you humans, get on my goddamn nerves. I don't care. And I suffer greatly from compassion fatigue because, let me tell you, tragic things have been happening in Louisiana and I've been completely numb to it. I have been completely numb to it. People say I, um, I go around acting like I'm perfect. No, I don't go around acting like I'm perfect. I just don't hear when I say things. When I say things like this, that I have compassion fatigue, and things affect me, and, I be, and I'm numb to certain stuff, nobody hears that. But I'm telling you guys, I have compassion fatigue, for example. So if you have compassion fatigue, you're not alone. I'm with you. I'm with you. Certain things you just become numb to. Now, how does one overcome compassion fatigue? And this is just a suggestion because I've been through this before. I know how to overcome compassion fatigue. Sometimes I'd rather enjoy it because it, for, it uh, forces me to, um, to, well, it forces me not to become emotionally attached to situations and I can think more clearly that way. But some ways you can overcome compassion fatigue and to, um, start treating people with more compassion is to one, meditate, right? Two, what you could do is exercise, work out, 
three, never take anything personal. Four, imagine your person in other person, imagine yourself in other person's shoes. Imagine yourself in other person's shoes. Sometimes people need compassion, man. People need a lot of compassion. People need understanding. And I get that. I understand that. Sometimes there's, and, and other times, you know, the thing is, on the flip side of that, people just get tired, man. People are tired. People get tired. People are tired of showing people compassion. You get fatigued, man. After a while, you just get tired. You get burnt out. You don't want to show people any compassion. Any, any, um, compassion. Speaking of fatigue, I'm tired. I'm tired as hell. But I'm always tired, though. Y'all know this. It is what it is. But um, compassion fatigue, man, that's something that that's rarely talked about. Some of you guys, that may be a new word that you're just hearing for the first time. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes you get that, man. And there's ways to overcome it. There's ways that you could overcome this um, phenomenon of compassion fatigue. You could come, you can overcome it. You can. Follow those steps. I guarantee that you'll be able to overcome your compassion fatigue. If not, let me know I was wrong. Let me know I was wrong. I guarantee that you will be. You'll be able to um, overcome compassion fatigue with that. And speaking of Louisiana, things going going down Louisiana. I think I've um, I don't know if I touched on this on one of my shows already, but something about that what happened with that guy in that gun range still doesn't sit right with me. Something just still doesn't sit right with me about that situation. Especially the victim being a um, the alleged assailant being a black man, and the victims being alleged allegedly white people. Um, something just doesn't sit right with me on that because they didn't they didn't run it for a whole week. They just kind of said something happened and. 
they said it didn't. Like, it was just like, it was kind of weird, man. Like, they released videotape on it, but they didn't really go into depth like they really would uh, make it sweet, sweet with this black person. I don't know. It was kind of weird, man. It's kind of weird, that whole situation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Louisiana sheriffs and Louisiana chief, chief of police, they are getting arrested at an alarming rate. They're getting indicted. They are getting indicted, man. What the hell is going on in Louisiana as a whole? God damn. It's going down, Louisiana. It's been going down in Louisiana, boy. They've been getting indicted. People dying left and right, losing their life over craziness. But something about that story, just but back to that story about that guy, something about that story just doesn't sit right with me. And um, I kind of want to do some more investigation on it and come back to proofs of power with more information, more accurate information than I have at the moment. And um, nothing I want to touch on before I leave, leave you guys is I'm constantly warning people. I constantly warn people. Hell, I warn black people nationally that New Orleans was getting gentrified and people were going to get displaced. People were going to move to Slidell, the place. After they get displaced, this place made a whole documentary about it. Went on national radio, national TV, local TV, local radio, and talked about it. Let me tell y'all something. This shit ain't a game. Black people's inability to be the financial and economic majority in a majority black city is going to come back and bite your children in the ass. Your need for interracial sex, your need for interracial acceptance is going to come back and bite your children in the ass. How is it that a white, that a Hospital is the number one employer in the whole Louisiana, but not even just the whole Louisiana, but the whole New Orleans region. And now one, they got one black person that's an executive over it, over it, but we all know this bullshit. Now. Please tell me, how is that possible? In a majority black city, not one black hospital, 
we're, we're majority black legislatures. You are getting pushed out because you are failing to become economically the majority in a majority black city. That's why you're being pushed out. This shit is not a game. I've, I've contemplated I've contemplated doing a sequel to New Orleans politics. I've contemplated doing a sequel to New Orleans politics. But I don't think I really want to because I was supposed to do Saints and Sinners. I know I'm kind of ranting right now. But I was supposed to do Saints and Sinners about the Archdiocese and things like that. And this pedophile cover-up in New Orleans. But I scrapped that project because people in New Orleans told me it wasn't going to support me, so I said, okay, all right, cool. So I'm going to do something that, I, that I'm passionate about. So I got a sports documentary coming up. Then after that, I got a documentary um, on the German coast uprising in Louisiana. And then after that, I think I might um, transition into um, full-length full films. But... With that being said, though, I've been I will, I've been contemplating doing a sequel to New Orleans politics. I really have. I've been contemplating doing a um, sequel to New Orleans politics. That was gonna call it Louisiana politics, and just see the racial disparity across the major cities in Louisiana. You know, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport. You know, places like that. And just get an understanding of the legislature, the business, how businesses are ran, business loans are given out, city contracts and things of that nature. I was going to go ahead and do a documentary on that. But then I said, you know what? Nah. I think I think I did enough with New Orleans politics. I think I did enough to get the people where they needed to be, you know. And hopefully, you know, they can learn from that. But in there, I'm not, I was like, I'm not doing it more. I'm not doing it more. I'm not. But I want, but you know, and that's just me, once again, <laughs> compassion fatigue. <laughs> And I, all that comes in the full circle, compassion fatigue. I'm just tired of having compassion, you know. But I want to thank you guys for joining me this morning. I hope you enjoyed the Sunday morning word. I know I got kind of shaky in some areas, but thank you guys for joining me. Thank God for um thank for thank you for everybody that purchased my poem book. It went number one on Amazon. Thank you guys. Um, for everything. Um, I got some new things coming. I got the Wolves Only Fitness app coming out soon. Um, I got the channel on Amazon, on the TV, Amazon TV coming soon. The Black Empowerment Network, I got that coming soon. But thank you guys for joining me. I just spoke truth to power. You guys have a good day.